1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Chris with the band Faust. You are listening to the Hook Rock Podcast with VJ Scott, the place for rock and roll.
0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe and staying healthy. As I say at the beginning of every episode, it is out of control out there. Hope everyone is using this time to discover new things or revisit old things or just do something that helps make you happy. It's important to keep that smile on your face. Try to find some sort of socialization either, you know, on these Zoom meetings or group calls or FaceTime or whatever, you know. Just do what you need to do to, to kind of forget about life while people are getting sick and, you know, things are happening. So, you know, it, it, is, um, it is pretty crazy out there. But like always, we are a release for you. We talk music we have great guests, great topics, and I am excited to welcome aboard our latest guest and I'd like to welcome aboard Martin Reed from MTR Project. What's going on, Martin? How you doing?
1: I'm good. How you doing, Jay?
0: I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I am uh, excited about having you on. I've been, you know, hoping for a way to get you on here before the end of the year and we're making it happen. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah. We really appreciate it too, man. This is, this is a great opportunity. We, uh, all my guys, when we heard, uh, uh, the podcast that went, when you guys made the, the shout out with, uh, Chris and, uh, uh, that, that was, I mean, that was by far one of the coolest highlights of our year and totally unexpected. And, and so we really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, uh, man. At having us on. So.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> So, you know, we always start the same way every time we have a new guest on the show.
1: And Mm -hmm.
0: it's the essence of the podcast. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you?
1: Man, I was 12 years old. And, uh, you know, uh, when I was 12, the, the things that were popular playing, Was like Soundgarden and Nirvana, Uh, and and then I heard a a, a, (laughs) eruption. I put that on. My my uncle uh, came over and and brought Van Halen one, and I and I put that on, and it kind of changed my musical direction quite a bit. Uh, But they kind of married into each other those two sounds. I think that definitely was Eddie though that hooked me to rock. You know, there's just nobody that's ever grabbed grabbed me quite like the brown sound did you know still to this day.
0: where did it go from there i mean eddie is a big influence for a lot of people you know um i mean i still remember hearing van halen one for the first time when i was eight years old you know after that you know after he hooked you what was next you know where did you go with your you know guitar playing and your musical journey
1: that's a great question. I, I, I quickly discovered, uh, you know, the shred masters like ingvay Momstein, and, and, uh, uh, you know, there, there were, sh- uh, several, several minutes, uh, where I would, you know, sit and uh, do the, the rising force on, you know, every, every day that was like the, that was like my, my thing for, I don't even know how long. And then it, swiftly we changed into a Joe a Wow. <laughs> I was, I was very obsessed with Joe through my high school years. And, uh, I, I realized I was never going to be the virtuoso, uh, that I looked up to on the guitar, but I had a knack for singing that not very many people around me also had, you know, it was like, that was where I, sh- I tend to shine. So I, I started, uh, really putting my my focus towards my vocals probably about 15 years old and and really started to become seriously uh when i was 18 early on that that uh you know i wasn't ever going to be that the guitar so that that i was looking up to not not knocking my guitar playing but i i had an obsession with i want to be you know among the best you know and and uh I, I realized early on that that's my vocals, right? That's, that's where I shine. And that's, that's, you know, most people are like, yeah, you're a good guitar player, but we really like your voice. And at first I didn't really believe them. I I, I was shy. I didn't like my own singing voice felt like it was different and nobody really wanted to hear it. And, and eventually I got over that. Uh, I think I was about 18 when I started singing in public, uh, seriously, uh, Gosh, I, I, I fell into a, a kind of a hard lifestyle because I had a bad surgery that put me into a a real, real hardcore trajectory for about 10 years. I was living on the streets in Tacoma, uh, in Seattle, and I was busking and I would play on the streets. And I'd play about seven days, uh, yeah, literally seven days a week because it was, I would do to support my habit, right? Street performance. And uh, you know, long story short, <laughs> uh, an prescription became a severe heroin addiction that led to being on the streets. And uh, the, the one thing that never left, actually, the thing that brought me through all that was music. And uh, when I got clean and sober about three years ago, well, actually, two and a half. I don't want to give myself that much extra time. <laughs> be nice. I'll, I'll be there soon, man. Once I got clean and sober, man, that was that's it, man. That's that's my life. That's I'm reinventing myself at at this point. You know, I don't even uh, truly know who I am, so I came up with a bunch of different mantras like "Be the change that I wish to see." Uh, we is greater than me because without people around me that I have, I wouldn't. I'd still be on the streets, and that's a, a known fact to many people in my life. Uh, you know, like Dave Reese, Mike Hommel, uh, and Andy Beach, my bandmates, you know, they're amazing human beings. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a monologue. (laughs) No,
0: not at all. Not at all. This is your story. This is your journey. You know, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're going through all that stuff, you know, and, and you're, you know, supporting a habit that, you know, is destructive, you know, Hardcore disruptor. What was the moment that, you know, brought you into out of the darkness? What was the moment that, that, you know, brought you here? um,
1: Well, I can walk you guys through my last day out in Tacoma. I was in Wright Park and I was in a a bathroom there and it was the low point. You know, I was uh, fixing some, some drugs with my friend and he. OD'd in the stall next to me, and I pulled him out of there, and I had to drag him uh, right next to some kids playing on a playground. Man, dragging a pretty much a lifeless o- o- overdose body to uh, Tacoma General, and then uh, I, I went back to uh, Tim's Market, and I was totally out of my mind at that point because I thought, you know, like I guess my, you know, in, in all in all, uh, you know, fairness, my friend survived. Uh, based on the action of me dragging him to that the hospital. It wasn't that far. It was only a couple blocks, but, but uh, I mean, it was terrifying, you know. I, in my mind, I had just killed my best friend because it was my drug, right, and I gave it to him. And so I went to Tim's Market and uh, <laughs> tried to get more, and, and my sister pulled up and was like, Martin, I swear to you, this is how it happened. She said, uh, this, uh, you're, I, you're never going to believe it, a man – came into my my work today and she worked in Monroe and she said uh uh and this was in Tacoma she came all the way to Tacoma the day that this man came into work and said you know cause she was crying while she was at work and said I I feel like my brother is gonna die today and she was right I was like literally suicidal at that point because I, I went to Tim's Market to buy enough to join my friend I was not in a good frame of mind right and she said uh he said Martin my friend uh, my, my customer found out about your story and he, he found out about your voice he said that you know he, he's willing to pay for your your uh, your treatment and it was 32 grand man I'd never even I, I didn't believe it of course I was like okay let's go let's go find this out whatever I was looped out of my mind whatever right and so we got to the rehab. And uh, they told me that they give me and I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll ride this out until you guys cut me off of those. And then I'm gone. <laughs> I'm back to the streets, right? And then when I got into it, I, I started getting clear-headed. And I was like, wow, you know, there's something to this. Maybe I'm I'm worthy of, of something greater, right? And then, you know, everything was built on that. My whole, everything. If you listen to my lyrics, all of it, it was all written in those early days of recovery. And, uh, the next songs that we got coming out for MTR project, they're all early days. And, uh, actually there's one that we just wrote, uh, don't lose hope that was written very recently. And that is definitely directed towards the times we're in, uh, and, and, and it draws from my past and, and just my experiences that, uh, I mean, and I tell people right now all the time, I'm like, look. You know, it's it's really you know the world right now. The world circumstances are very bleak, right? They're they're they, they are drastically uh, you know changed for the for the worse. And and uh, I lived in a space of time for about ten years where that was my common occurrence. It was every day for me. And uh, uh, and while I was in it, I'll tell you there was I felt no hope. I didn't see that light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't know a man ma- named Chris Coquet was gonna pay 32 grand for a complete stranger that lost all his teeth on the street busking shooting dope in his arm i didn't think that was possible and and you can't write that kind of stuff that's that's just you know that's that's you just got to keep moving forward and believe that that no matter what just like the times we're in you can't nobody could have imagined what is going on in the in the world circumstances so i'm just kind of looking at us as a band too you know like i'm i'm glad I'm, i'm with all like that you know what i mean yeah they're they're all they're all they're all i'm i'm getting on a tangent me and my my friend eric scott are a lot alike he's from he's from uh from olympia i have got to give a shout out to him from hell belly good good friend of mine but uh yeah we we get a lot of shit going off on monologues and interviews so i apologize
0: no not at all i mean so so you know when this is all happening you're recovering and you're you know, you're climbing out of this dark hole. You know, how how was music, you know, a source of medicine for you, a source of healing?
1: Man, I love your questions, Jay. Um, these it's, are good questions. Good questions. Uh, did, you have, did you want to elaborate? That's that's deep. I, I mean, I can, no, I'm I can asking, go off of I'm,
0: that. I'm asking you the questions, so you answer how you want to answer.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, so I'll give you the truth, it, but it's a deep one. It's a deep, a deep answer. You're asking for it. So I'll give it to you. I, I You um, know
0: what? I, I, I wouldn't ask the question if I didn't want the answer. So go right ahead.
1: Okay. My, my sponsor, he, uh, rest in peace. Uh, Larry C. I love your brother. Um, fudge. All right. I can do this. I can all right so he he asked me to write my songs into my step. and this was about three days before he committed suicide with heroin so um
0: i mean if it's too tough for you to answer this we can we don't have no to no it's
1: again. cool man I, I i don't mind because this is my story and i feel like everything is irrelevant you went there so i appreciate it you know uh, larry larry c was an amazing human being. and uh uh uh, I feel like you did a good, good service to, to, to ask me that question. So yeah, that, that is, that's what happened, man. It, it uh, my, my recovery fuels my music, but I, I, I'm trying to kind of find another source too, where it's not all about, uh, you know, like the, we is greater than me is kind of evolving, right. And to, uh, how do I make my message so that it benefits everyone? and not just, uh, me constantly benefiting from it, you know what I'm saying, like a inward cut um, actually, I'll tell you what it is, man. uh when Larry committed suicide from heroin, and mind you, he was an alcoholic, he did not use heroin, and I was giving him my fifth step, like as that happened, I'm you know uh. <sighs> and to people that are in recovery they'll understand what that means and so i took a lot of self blame i was not doing well and i said you know uh, if only i had re- released a song called never give up which i still haven't done because i want it to be right it's it's one of those songs that when i when i release it i i want the momentum and the power to be to the point where it gets out to the masses because i know it has that potential to you know possibly turn some some people for making that ultimate horrible decision that my dearly beloved and missed friend made, you know, and so once that happened and then it, and then the longer I stay clean and sober, the more I hear about people that go back out and use and, and uh they they die right and uh and 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 it and it happens so much for people who are like you know uh in the music industry too and and uh uh so early on it was like okay. Uh, that's not going to be me. I'm going to be all breaking that stigma because that's not what music should be about. It's not what it, it is about music. For me, it's not what it's, about. you know, it's it's life. it's medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
0: so, so, you know, you know, having this, this outlet of music, you know, during mm-hmm. your recovery, you know, how, you know, how has it helped you not just to write lyrics and, and, and whatnot, but like how has it, you know, been able for you to, to stay focused and to have that, to, to know that, you know, you have this, this passion, this outlet, this, this, you know, this thing that can help you get through whatever it is you're going through on a daily basis and, you know, helping your recovery each day.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question too. It, it becomes like a sense of duty to self and to others, right? It's like uh uh you know, it, uh it's like destiny once you find find your your uh, once you're walking in uh your the footsteps of your destiny, the the the, the cuz I was just telling my fiance Rachel uh, just a couple days ago, I was like, wow, this feels so strange. It's like I am i know what my story is already supposed to say and I'm just forcing it to happen right now. I'm just making it happen. I'm not taking a no for an answer, right? I'm not letting anything say, okay, well, you know, right now you can't play. I'm like, well, you know, I really hadn't played for 10 years, you know, and, and uh, you know.' And I just look at, I'm just constantly looking at the positives, you know, because my brain is always telling me, I can't, and the spirit's always saying, oh, well, let me show you. It's like, I guess that's self-discipline. It took me forever to figure that out, right? I'm constantly, like, looking at, like, how do I make myself a, a, a more rounded musician now? Um, I'm thinking about the music, right? It's it's about the music for me,
0: 100%. So you, Super
1: good question.
0: You you released this EP... Tell Mm -hmm. us about or what was the creative process and how did, you know, this come to be? I mean, going from being in recovery for two and a half years to coming out with an incredible EP that has all the elements of, you know, Alice in Chains and Black Label Society and just a, a beautiful record, beautiful songs. And, you know, how was this creative process with all that you were going through? How did it come to be?
1: So uh well, I, I met uh, early I'll give you the full story. Uh, my, my friend Jeff Howeissel, uh and I started a band uh, in 2018, and it was before MTR project. It's called uh, Carnelian, and we, we named it that because we would go to the rivers the the Washington uh, Pacific Northwest rivers are full of a gemstone named the Carnelian Agate. And, uh, it's known all, uh, across the world as the Singer Stone. And so we chose that, uh, as the name of our band, just kind of give props to the Pacific Northwest, right? Uh, due to creative differences, uh, uh, just, we, we ended up, you know, going separate ways. And, uh, you know, that, that, but mind you, that definitely formed and, and started, uh, the trajectory of the Sound of MTR project. Uh, that was also with Forks on the drums, and so that's my shout out to my. Friends. We became. Uh, what was that NPR again? You were
0: breaking up. Who's on the drums again? Repeat that sentence.
1: Uh, La- Latoya Forks. Yeah, she, she's an amazing drummer from uh, 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 from the Pacific Northwest. Truly, a uh, just a. a prolific artist so so then we we uh realized that that we all had just different trajectories in life right and uh different interests in music uh and so uh i i, I went off of, initially it was going to be the martin thomas reed project i didn't like that i felt like it was too uh you know look at me or whatever excuse me <laughs> and uh so then i i uh i i You know, and, and that, I felt like I was going to be like, well, then I would have to record all the instruments and do everything myself, which I'm, I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to have something real. I wanted that band, right? And, uh, I I was good friends with, uh, Dave Beast. He's the original bass player from, uh, uh, Malfunction before Andy Wood, uh, took over and, and played the bass while singing. And uh, then he then he took, split off and uh, uh, did his own thing with a, a band called Skin Diver. And they're they're a hugely underrated grunge band from Easy. You know, it's just uh, Dave Reese. I couldn't talk about enough. You know, he and and I knew it just made musical sense to go with him uh, based on based on his history alone. You know, and uh, 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 you know he plays the notes so well. And then we we got. To, uh, his, his best friend in life, I would say, uh, Mike Hommel and also his, uh, 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 musical partner from Lesel, uh, uh, our, our brother band, Lesser Disciples, you know, they're, they're actually about to go on and record their own album <laughs> right now. Super excited for that. Uh, they, uh, you know they they agreed to uh back me up, and at first it was just going to be a three piece, and we we realized early on because while I was out on the streets, I had a stroke, and I was a, whole, I was never supposed to play guitar again. That could be another interview if you want it, but uh, like seriously, that was a long story. Six months of hell trying to get learn how to play, sing, talk, all of it. Like it was supposed to be gone, right? Four four years ago now, and that was right before I got clean. So these guys. They, they, they were like, you know what? We need to get, uh, another guitar player that can, that, that can, uh, play what's in Martin's head and get it out on record. Right. And Andy beach, we were, we, 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 we actually, uh, uh, brought in a, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Keith, Wright He, he, uh, was, uh, the original bass guitar player for, uh, 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 guitar player for Brandy Carlisle. And, uh, they, they used to play around Seattle all, all through the early 2000s, and so I thought, you know, let's give him a shot. And uh, I, I, I think what happened was was Keith uh, ended up having uh, his own uh, uh, project. Twasmonaut was just popping off, and and so he just didn't have room for another project. So we went and and, and uh, got a hold of Andy Beach, and Andy Beach it was uh, the master luthier of the Haytree guitars out of Bellingham uh he actually made 32 guitars for Prince right like Prince Prince man I was like holy crap Dave you can get that guy he's like yeah oh yeah he's good friends with Zach Wilde too I'm like this is just you know I'm, and you gotta you're talking to the 10 10 years on the street guy homeless you know just getting out of all of that you know and This is just building me up mentally, just saying, yeah, you can, you can, you can. And then I went to his house, right? And I'm sitting in front of Andy Beach. I'm looking at one of Prince's actual guitars on his wall. Uh, And then on the other wall, there's a a, a, a platinum record signed by Ozzy saying, I love you so much, Andy. And then you look and then it says Zach Wilde. And then he's got picture after picture with Zach everywhere. And I'm like, holy crap. Whoa, this is real. And so, right? and uh so uh, yeah man i actually I'll, I'll tell the world right now after that meeting and we sat i i just i didn't even play or i just let andy play and i sang to his playing right and i got down on my knee and i grabbed his hand and i kissed it and i said dude i'm so grateful that i met you dude this is like you you don't meet the kind of like soulmate kindred spirits that me and andy have we'll play music for the rest of our lives and I, that goes for the rest of my band you know like that's that's just it was just like the uh, and it shows when he plays on a record right you just and i hope i'm not breaking up
0: no not at all but
1: it, okay and it it definitely shows you know like andy you know we, we would record something and we would send it to him because we would record it as a three-piece. That's the way we had to do it in our rehearsal room to for to be legal, right? Because we're a legal trademark business. We're we're doing everything by the book uh, during this COVID season, protecting each other. So you know, we record six feet apart, and our room is only so big. So we would send it, and it, so it's what you're record is almost live even the scratch vocals made it through because it just felt right to keep them there and i built on top of it all of my uh uh, added vocals are on top of my my main vocal was the scratch vocal that i'm playing guitar with my band that's what we were going for right because that's what we believe in that overproduced stuff for us it works for other people not for so so people you know they suggest are you going to use a metronome and I'm like, no, I mean, well, you know, and then I show them opposing voices and they're like, well, maybe you don't need to use a metronome, you know, like these are, these are, uh, and I'm not going to put anybody under the bus but you know, these are engineers that are like oh we've never recorded a band without a metronome before we'd, we'd prefer that you use one and then i show them opposing voices while i'm soliciting to record the next half of our album and they're like well maybe you'll be the first band that i don't have use a metronome." i'm like yeah dude this is my call you know like my Hamel was the uh drummer for all hail the crown with Sh- uh sean smith uh, and Kevin Wood, you know, like, yeah, he's good, and he keeps the beat, and so, like, my guys, like, they're titans in the Seattle music scene, hands down, and and I, I can't, I can't even believe that they're my, they're my teammates, so privileged, and, and I love you guys, so much. <laughs> so much.
0: When when you when you're writing music for. MTR project, and you're you're writing music for an album, an EP, and, you know, you mentioned that you write about your experiences, right? You know, you're writing about, you know, some of it, a lot of it has a lot of hope, and there's experience in in your lyrics. When you have to tap into that, Martin, and -hmm. you have to kind of relive certain experiences, how, how difficult is that for you? Because it is in a vulnerable state, you know? I mean, you do put yourself you know, reliving something that maybe wasn't positive at the time, but you're trying to write about it to make it positive, right? To maybe hopefully impact someone else who maybe is going through the same thing you are or what, are going through that may find inspiration. So what yeah. you know, when, when you write stuff like that, you know, what is that process? Like how difficult is that for you?
1: Oh, it comes naturally. I think that the retrospect. is, uh, part of it you know uh actually uh sitting back and listening or, or like for uh, the instance of the of the painted one with that video uh actually watching production when it finally come together that was really the the, the I was like, wow holy moly this is like you know uh yeah it, it brings me to the to be honest with you it brings me to the verge of you know the, the, the heightened emotion, you know, where I could cry at any moment, but, the, but I, but I bring that into my music. And I think that's where it puts, pushes it over into that, you know, special category where it's not just great music. It's, it's got a story behind it. Right. So, so it becomes something special. And and so, so I'm willing to share it with people. I, 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 I I'm not, I'm not naive or remiss by my story or what it does for people and, and what it is capable of doing for myself. So, it just because it's a natural progression of of my recovery, of of my my evolution as a as a musician. Yeah, excellent question.
0: Does it offer you understanding? You know, when you are, you know, connecting with these moments from your past, does it does it help you understand? You know, what you were your life was like to now? You know, all of the positivity that's coming in your life and the music and in and, and your surroundings does it offer you that does it offer you comfort and understanding that you know you you were able to come through this
1: absolutely absolutely and and uh i think that might be the shining hope uh maybe that's what i was uh touching on earlier when i was saying to to everyone that uh uh, you know, the world circumstances right now, they're, they're really bleak and everything and, and, and dark, and, and there might not seem to be a whole lot of hope for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are losing a whole lot of things. And I understand I've come from a place of nothingness where it looked like nothing was ever going to come back. And, uh, and, you know, slowly everything is restoring itself and, and in abundance, you know, uh, exceeding my, my expectations. Right sure should sure. expected myself to be having uh uh the opportunity uh, uh because you know I, and and I I'm, I'm grateful Jay so grateful for this moment right here because a lot of musicians would really be you know they want to be talking to you right now you know and you're giving me that chance and and that that's not missed on me either so yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. This whole the whole everything about it, and 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 uh, it, it's a when 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 twenty twenty first started, it started off strong. You know, uh, for for MTR project, we show two 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 rehearsals after we had Andy, we went out and did our first show, and it was you know it was loose, but it sounded pretty close. To what we did on the record. Uh, because we did a rec- we did the records literally right after everything shut down and we didn't even have a chance to rehearse. And I said, well, let's go make a demo so that we have something to rehearse to, you know, at home while everything shut down. And then when we heard what I was, you know, anticipating to be a demo, you know, Mike Hamill pulls it and he's like, no, let's have Don Gunn who, you know, produces and, and mixes and masters Death Cab for Cuties wait a minute, there's a demo. And then we heard it though. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could, I could push that. You know, I'll do this. I believe in what you, thank you, Mike, for, for pushing it to that level, you know, by the way, (laughs) because, uh, you know, at first we were just, uh, we were just, and, and, and a lot of people may not realize that, uh, opposing voices was written in rehearsal, when we finally uh, hit phase two in Seattle for uh, uh, a month, right? We all got together for one of the rehearsals we were able to put in this year. Woohoo! And uh, you know, but we don't give up, man. When we come back together, it's like we have never stopped. Right. Because we're all rehearsing to that EP that we had initially put out with that reasoning is something to rehearse to. So it, it was a, it was a, it was a good idea that uh, I think we, that we all fell through. And I think a lot of bands are doing it uh, to tell you the truth. Uh, I think that, I think that a lot of uh, uh, bands that, that are, that are seeing the longevity and and that are in it for the long run, they are, they are, uh, they're all, you know, putting something good together right now. I'm really anticipating 2021.
0: I think a lot of people are. I think, you know, with all this downtime and, you know, people's creative juices need that outlet. I think I think the music coming out over the next few years is going to be absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, me too. It, it, it's a lot of pressure on us guys, you know. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I love it, man, because I haven't quite felt like there was much. And, uh, you know, I, I'll say it, man. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of competition, man. And that was because I heard a whole lot of quality music with not a whole lot of substance behind whatever they were putting out. It's just like, okay, you know, that's my own two cents on, on the music scene. And that's mainstream, right? There's tons of tons of underrated stuff that just isn't getting talked about. And I think that times like now is when the scope is, it is removed from the, the, uh, you know, kind of like this. Uh, what what is it? Like this media creation of what a rock star is supposed to be, and then we get like a microscope on. You know, the musicians, the real, the real freaking artists. You know, the John Lennons of our time, or whatever. You know, that's what we need right now is people like that that are going to come out and and do it boldly. You know, and and you know, w- without stepping on the little guys. Like I got something written on my on my mirror. In my 32-foot RV that I'm living in, mind you, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of where I'm at right now. One day, you know, I'm not, I'm not poor. I'm broke. Right now, I happen to not have money. But one day, I will be rich. Make that your mind frame, people. All right. So, on my m- mirror, I hope I'm not breaking up. Be kind, be humble, and love everyone. That one thing saves me all the time, especially now. You know, because I'm human and I'm constantly, you know, finding myself being a a judgmental jerk in my head, you know, uh, towards things around me, myself included. And I just remember that I am a part of everyone. So I got to love myself first before I can love anyone else. And so, so, you know, writing stuff like that is a big part of uh, uh, my music. Love, man. Love is the motion that, that we are going with. Like we don't, it, it, if we see any kind of like, you know, uh, uh, hatred at all, my band, we, we steer clear of it, you know? And, and that's what another reason why I love my guys, you know, they're just about, I mean, how could you not be right? They're all pretty much good friends with Andy Wood and he was, uh, Landry, the love rock God. So, yeah. yeah. You know,
0: what was the, kinda, what was the, the, the decision behind, you know covering the song Scream by Chris Cornell.
1: That's a great question too. Jeez. Um uh, 2009 uh Chris Cornell came out with uh, uh in my opinion one of his greatest works because it was it was pushing against the grain and he was creating a controversial work which I thought was brilliant. And uh it was highly underrated and I loved that song and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, I, I had always wondered if he had done with that song, what he did with, uh, uh, long gone. Cause he, on the same album, same record, right. He had another song that he produced with, uh, Timbaland called long gone. That was, you know, done with, uh, uh, you know, all the computer and everything, uh, computer programming for the music. And, and then he did a, a rock version that I just loved. And I was, I wasn't a fan and I'll be honest I wasn't a fan of the the music but I've always loved Chris Cornell's voice but I wasn't a fan of what was going on with the with the artificial sounding music and I feel like that was a core complaint for a lot of the 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 fans of his music as well right and uh and so I mean that was another song that I would always busk when I was out on the street right it was like one of those songs that uh especially when i felt like people were looking down on me when i was out there and i would start thinking like hey why are you screaming at the top of your head or whatever you know like people would walk by like hey you know get a real effing job while i was out there you know whatever that's your opinion i was working hard out there and uh to anybody that's out there busking you guys work just as hard and and are just as beautiful and relevant in the musical world as the person taking up stadiums. That's a tr- god honest truth, man. There's nobody in this uh, this whole thing that is bigger and badder than anybody else. All right, the, the rocks that form the top of the mountain are no more important than the ones that form at the base. They're all the True. same mountain. Yeah.
0: So. So you know, you know, the song, you know, "Scream" ended up on this EP you know this is a song that you've been performing yeah, for a while uh,
1: so scream uh, uh you know another reason why we chose that one um you know cuz there's so many amazing songs by Chris Cornell you know uh i i felt like that was one where i could uh uh, uh relate to because I'm constantly kind of like you know dealing with that at home, you know I'm kind of a jerk, you know I, I you know I'm 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 in recovery, right? I'm not an angel by any means, right? And uh, so I and and uh, I happen to be a musician that uh, you know is it, highly empathetic, so I could constantly feel. You know the emotions that I'm pushing off on people, and so I'm like, "Damn, man, why do I got to be screaming like that or whatever?" You know, and so I, I, early on in the the pandemic, you know, because I'm I'm living in a a, a very small space uh, with my family. You know, like we we were anticipating a, a busy year. Uh, I I had n- numerous shows booked. I mean, we would have been financially set this year. Right. And so not, not the woe is me story. I don't want to give that, uh, but that's my truth. That's our truth right now. And we're good with it. We're pushing through, man. Uh, but uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. Right. You know, there's, there's many times where I'm just like, dang, why did I, you know, I might've even been speaking truth, but I didn't even need to say what I said, how I said it. Right. So it was a reminder to myself. It was like, no, don't be screaming at your old lady, you know, Uh, she, she, she's a good woman, you
0: know? So, well, this year has been, you know, full of challenges and, you know, you released the EP in September, you know, and and that has to be a positive step forward for you. You know, I know there's a lot planned for 2021. What's in the works for MTR project?
1: We're going to be recording and recording more. Uh, We, we, as soon as, we feel, uh, the pulse, the, 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 the pulse, uh, you know, start registering in the scene again. You know, I got my finger on it right now and and right now it just doesn't seem like it's a good idea, (laughs) you know, with uh, the chaos, but, but as soon as, as soon as it's safe, we're going to get back out there and, uh, 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 start, start pushing as hard as we can with, with playing for people. That's what we really want to do. We, we, we are a live band. We recorded live to give people a, a preview of what it's going to be like to come and hear us live. So, and that's what we're going to continue to do. And, and our records will only get better because of that, because, uh, you know, we, we're not uh, going in there with this idea of trying to create something perfect. We're trying to create something real and authentic, an experience for, for the listener that they're going to want to come and see us live. So that's our hope. That's our that's our main goal, definitely.
0: Well, you guys definitely accomplished that too, because you can feel the energy on the EP with the music.
1: Sweet, sweet. Thank you. That's so cool. What um, you hear that, boys? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? So you know, I mean, I know things are kind of on pause for everybody, and but I th- I do think you know when you see the landscape of rock and roll, more people are going to be putting out music here over the next. you know, a few months, three to four months, I think there's going to be a huge resurgence in new material and, you know, hopefully by end of summer, you know, people are out touring again and people are out enjoying live music again.
1: Yeah. That's the big hope, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I I'm going to say that uh, if, if not, you know, we got to keep pushing, but we got to push for that being, yeah. If we can we can do it too like if we come together as as uh as one people with it with a like minded purpose to you know to to uh you know to overcome what's what's befallen the human race right now in and, and more ways than just a, pand- a a a a a disease a, a physical disease there's 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 a lot of things plaguing the, the the mind of men right now and women and we we just got to overcome that you know and we've got to realize that you know it's 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 uh it's a we is greater than me thing you know we we have to stop being uh, that's the only way I could see it ever happening. And, and, and you know, I've, I have an argument with a standing argument with some of my close friends that they say, well, that's never going to happen. You're asking too much from humanity. And I say, well, it starts with you and it ends with you, right? If, if it's not going to happen, that's because you decide. So if the whole world doesn't come together, it's because one person decides, no, I don't. Well, then that means that it's not a whole. Then there's that one, right? And I'm and what, obviously, you know, like that's a that's a hard thing for people to imagine. All the people, right? Like John Legend, you know, or John Le- John Legend. Oh my gosh, John Lennon. Ah! I just killed my own interview, John <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> so John Lennon, right? You know the 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 most prolific. Uh, I I would say that that song right right now, imagine. I I can't I can't believe that I I don't see people you know burning that out on on my Facebook feed because it's so relevant right now. I mean I do see it sometimes and and every time I see it man I click on it because it's just like yeah yeah all right let's listen to John for a minute because that's kind of the hope right you know is uh, you know just people coming together and realizing that it's not. Us versus them. It's it's we is greater than me, straight up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the answer. Like that's a mathematical solution to the problem. <laughs> you know, that's my mathematical solution to my drug problem. That, that was that was the answer. That was my greater power. That was what I found to keep me sober. Was you guys keep me sober? The, the accountability, right?
0: Well, so. Beautifully stated. Um, your story is, you know, one of the, that it inspires a lot of people. It's full of inspiration. It's full of rawness and emotion. Never lose that, Martin, because I Thank think you. that really comes through in your music. And I think that's what makes your music special and unique. Is because it's filled with that. So you know, I, I thank you for taking the time to come and share a bit. I know there's a lot more we could talk about, and maybe we'll do this again sometime. I'd really appreciate it. So, but I uh, hope so. You know, I, I I thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story and being who you are, and you know, continued success and continued healing for you.
1: Thank you so much, Jay. And uh, one, real quick, uh, uh, my my bandmates, they they all. They've all <laughs> happily and graciously uh, uh, volunteered to, to, you know, if you, if you, if you'd like to have any of them on the show, uh, they're all open books and they have fabulous histories, every single one of them.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. As we get further down the road here and, and more music starts to come out, we, we got to definitely talk about it.
1: That'd be so cool, man. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: Well, thank you, Martin. I do appreciate it. Once again, everybody, That's Martin Reed from MTR Project. This is Jay Scott. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thank you.